Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. much as we've learned about ocular surface disease, there is still so much yet to be discovered. The good news is this creates a world of opportunity for eye care providers. The goal of this podcast is to better understand this chronic and complex condition and keep you up to date on the advances being made in its diagnosis and treatment. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To The Point Podcast. My name is Jackie Garlic, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jessalyn Quint. Hi, Jessalyn. How are you? Hey, happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I am really excited about this podcast today because it's just us, and we are going to be answering the common questions that the readers or listeners have. So you polled your audience and said, what should we be talking about? And your your um, like followers really came through with like some really good questions. So I think we're going to be like pretty clinical in how we're using um, primarily Xdemvi and Mibo in our clinics. So I'm so happy. What are some of the questions that you got, Jocelyn? Yeah, thanks to all of you that did chime in your questions. We we got some great ones and and some maybe more for future episodes down the road, but by far the majority of them were centered around just as you said Xdenvi and Mibo. And so let's let's dive in cuz the people want to know. We have two amazing innovations. And so with that as clinicians, we need to know like what does it do? What is it for? How does it work? How do I use that? So I think this is going to be a really fun discussion. So I, I have a question for you. So XDMV, we know that it's indicated for Dimidex, right? How Tell us a little bit more about that indication. Like, do we need to be using Dimidex blepharitis now, just Dimidex? What does that look like? How are we terming this? What should we be doing? Yeah. So now that we have, I mean, now, once you start looking for Demodex blepharitis, I feel like you literally see it everywhere. And so now what I think previously, and I'm certainly guilty of this probably five years ago of just seeing any level of debris on the lash line and calling it a catch-all blepharitis. Now we really are distinguishing. Well, what is this? Is this like more bacteria in nature? Is this staph or is this actually Demodex that cause is causing it. And the easiest diagnosis is, is to just look at the debris itself. And it, the, the pathognomonic um, finding in whether or not this is Demodex or not is the collarette at the base of the eyelash. So that literally just looks, it looks like a collar around the eyelash base. That is, you could epilate that lash and look under a microscope and do the whole thing, but you don't need to. That is a, the pathognomonic sign for a Demodex, uh, for Demodex blepharitis. So I think, um, you know, now we're really going to be distinguishing what's what, and do we need, you know, an antibiotic treatment or some other lid hygiene, or are we in need of Xdemvi or, you know, tea tree oil or your, you know, your uh, favorite drug of choice, which 
for me clinically, I, I feel like I have gotten some very mixed results on using tea tree oil. I don't know what you think, Jessalyn, but I mean, I prescribed tea tree oil anytime I would see a Demodex infestation and it was, um, you know, so, so results. I feel like I'm seeing patients back and they're still having it or they're having recurrent chalazia. And so, um, I have been, I'm very happy to now have this treatment option. It is still very new. I have yet to see someone back after they've completed the six week course of this as there was a little, you know, some, I don't know if you felt this, but some delays in getting the medication with the prior authorizations, but how, how did you historically treat Demodex blepharitis and how are, how is that changing now that we have Xdemby? I'm curious on your opinion here. Yeah, probably similar to you and a, a lot of our listeners out there. I mean, before we didn't really have an option. Our options were really, you know, like a Zest, Blefex kind of lid cleaning in office, maybe an IPL, and then some sort of a, you know, lid wipe or a foam cleanser, you know, or whatever that looks like that has tea tree oil or like a hypochlorous acid. And by just doing the the cleansers at home, it didn't, I never felt like it totally got rid of it. I mean, it was the best choice that we had at the time. And so you recognize this and you use the tools that you have at your disposable to just, you know, have some sort of benefit. But I I think now having a real drop, you know, and we'll probably maybe get into what some of the trials show that can eradicate that is really important. But I still think I'm probably going to use the drop in combination with things in office, like maybe with, um, you know, a Zest or a Blefex. And I might maybe, you know, we'll see how this goes. Um, some of my patients are have a lot of sensitivities to tea tree oil and some of those wipes and those lid cleansers can not be, you know, the most ideal situation. So being able to have maybe, a you know, a treatment and drop so that they don't necessarily have to do that um, would be ideal. But I also know I have some patients out there that, that love using some of those tea tree wipes, you know, whether it's, um, you know, it, it just mentally makes them feel better or not. So, so I, I don't think that this drop is going to replace all of those. I think the big question is, you know, from an adjunct point, like, what does this look like? This good kind of combination, this good mix. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that was actually, you know, one of the questions I had received from someone. And, and I think there was something similar in, um, oh yeah. Do the, one of the questions that was, do I still use tea tree oil for maintenance after X Denby? And, I think honestly, this is new. We will see how this actually works in reality. Um, you know, their clinical trial data is really incredible. The Saturn one and Saturn two um, data, and we've talked about this. And you know, Leslie and I talked about it in a previous episode. But uh, what I am doing is taking a photograph of these lids, uploading it to their chart, and then. I'm going to see them back and see what do I see, you know, and, you know, clinical trial data is one thing, but I want to see it for myself. Like how, how good is this actually working? And I have not asked patients to continue to do a tea tree oil wipe during their course of Xdemby, mostly because I am, I am curious how well is this drop going to be working? Because in their clinical trial data, they did not have patients continue lid scrubs. They literally just use the eye drop. So I, I am very excited to see what this looks like. But down the road, how long? Like, is there going to be a reinfestation? Do we need to retreat with Xdemby? I think time will tell, but they do have some really good observational data that shows lasting effects even at 365 days. So again, new medication. We'll see how this plays out clinically, but I'm certainly very optimistic. Demodex has um, been a huge annoyance <laughs> for all of us. 
Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of us too, my favorite part sometimes when something new comes out is that we all try it in different ways, right? Like for some of our patients, we're doing just the drop for other drops. We're continuing that maintenance therapy, maybe for, you know, another section of those patients we're doing ex you know, combined with like an, an office cleaning. And so from that clinically, you know, and as we talk and share ideas and kind of grow from there, I think that that will, you know, we'll figure out kind of the the right place for this. How has your experience been with pharmacies and this? I have found the most success using, you know, the Extemvi is available uh, through, they have four specialty sort of pharmacies. And I have found the most success through the Blink Pharmacy. I don't know what you have been using. Yes, definitely. The Blake Pharmacy has been the easiest, you know, for sure. So I think that that's by far where we've been sending them, but it's new. And so like with any new um, drop, there's been some prior authorizations. And so sometimes it's figuring out like which uh, ICD-10 codes we need to make sure that we're submitting, what things we need to show that they've used before. And so some of that, I think those nuances will will kind of work out. But um, I found good success with the prior authorizations and using the B88 code as well as the blephritis code, like having the combination of both of those has been really helpful in getting those prior authorizations through. And then also just having setting the realistic expectation with patients that we know that for like a lot of our Medicare patients right now, it's just not, it's just too new to be on any, any plans. And when anything's new, it's kind of like, the chicken or the egg, which came first, right? Like insurance companies won't pick it up until providers are writing for it, but providers don't want to write for it until it's covered on insurance panels. So, you know, we all just need to write for it so that hopefully it'll get on more panels. And with time, we'll just have better availability for our patients. Yeah. I think it'll be nice to sort of see, you know, how this plays out. I have certainly had more success with the Blink Pharmacy. I was using the CVS specialty pharmacy and got, I don't know, I feel like nowhere, but um, I'm sure I got somewhere. This is pretty negative towards CVS, but you know, I feel like Blink Pharmacy has been uh, pretty helpful, but you're right. You do need these two diagnosis codes, the B88.0 and the the, uh, blepharitis code. If there's any listeners that are wanting to prescribe this but aren't sure what to do, um, please reach out to me. I can connect you to someone who would know the rep in your area so that you can get a little more familiar with prescribing it if you desire to do that. Um, But yeah, I'm super excited about this. Um, Were there any other questions that we didn't already hit on Extemvi? How do I use it? Oh, how do I use it? That we should probably talk about that one. So this one is, this one is, it's nice in that you are not using this drop in perpetuity. So you are using this one drop, uh, twice a day for six weeks. So I love that dosing. I think that's great. And I think knowing that there's an endpoint makes patients very happy, or that's been the reception that I've seen. Um, but that's what it is. One drop, uh, twice a day for six weeks is the dosing for it. Jackie, when you write the SIG, are you putting for like 42 days, 45 days? How are you specifically writing your SIG on the prescription? Mm, great question. Great question. I think I just write six weeks. What am I writing? I think that's what I write, six weeks. I don't think I'm writing 43 days like the trial. I think I'm just writing six weeks. What are you doing? I think I'm putting in 45 days because mine on my EHR, you have to specify Days. days. I got a week's option. I had a week's yeah. option. Yeah. And I, I remember going back and forth between 42, 43, 45. And I think I just landed on 45. But, you know, tomorrow that might change. We'll see. Yeah, right. I know. Uh, so this is 
BID dosing, any sort of um, like adverse events or side effects that our listeners just need to be mindful of when they're educating their patients on it? Honestly, this side effect profile is pretty mild. And so far, the patients that I've spoken to have not reported any significant side effects to this. Um, so it's really a, a pretty, pretty, um, you know, mild adverse event side effect profile. So that's another sort of nice thing about this drop. So and when are you bringing your patients back? Are you definitely doing a follow up after the six weeks? Are you what's your flow right now? So right now it has changed as I've prescribed because I prescribed and I said, all right, make this person a follow-up appointment in six weeks. And then I'm like, have they gotten this drop at all yet? I don't even know. I need to push this follow-up out a little bit longer. So now I'm saying, uh, let's see, let's see you in eight weeks. So I am, you know, maybe once I get more comfortable with the drop and I know it's working better, I won't need that follow-up appointment visit. Um, but for now I'm doing it because I, I do want to see how well this is working for my patients. So yeah. How are you? I think I'm doing pretty much the same kind of really in that eight week margin, giving them a couple weeks to hopefully get it. Um, I think I'm telling my staff eight to 10 weeks technically, but I, I want to see the follow-up. I want to see what it looks like so that I, you know, from my own knowledge can know how I want to, to roll this out on my end. Yeah. Yeah. With your, at the follow-up. So you're doing a photo before you start treatment and then are you doing another photo at the end and comparing, comparing? Totally. Totally. That's my plan for now. I don't know that I will continue to do that, but like I said, just while it's new, I'm, I'm doing some comparison photos, but you know what, not only for me, but for my patients, because they're also, um, you know, annoyed slash frustrated slash grossed out that they have mites. So they want to see the results too. So I tell them I'm taking a photo. I'm going to take another photo when I see you for follow-up. So that's what I'm doing now. But, you know, again, that may change as I have more comfort with the, um, you know, effects of the drop. I was thinking of alternatives for maybe some of our colleagues that maybe don't have access to a photo, maybe even just using their you know, their cell phone would be, would work. And as we all know, a picture is worth a thousand words. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was using a, uh, before I, I mean, I have the Marco, uh, ion, um, slit lamp camera, which is really just an iPhone with some mounting, but I literally used my iPhone previously, um, for photos and that's sufficient. You can easily get it with just an iPhone photo for sure. Do you anticipate that you'd be doing any, any mite counting like before and after? You know, I didn't count um, before I took these photos. I definitely am not. I don't see myself taking the time to count mites. If I see, you know, in their in the clinical trials, you know, less than 10 mites was not considered to be clinically meaningful. So when they were grading their level of uh, Demodex infestation was really more than 10 mites. But I think you can kind of get a ballpark. I mean, people I'm seeing, I'm not like, oh my God, is this 10 or 11? I'm not really sure. It's usually like, okay, we got a lot going on. Let's just, um, it's definitely more than 10, but I'm, I'm, I'm not counting mites. Are you counting mites? I would love to meet someone that's counting mites. <laughs> Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, no I'm not counting. I'm not. I just, I, I think maybe... 
in my head, I'm like, here's one, here's a lash, here's a lash, here's one on a lash. Okay, this seems like more than 10, but I'm not, I'm definitely not like counting sing singular lashes personally. But yeah, these are all good questions that the people had. I They're love these. all great, great questions. Maybe we should comment on how this drug works, like mechanism of action. Like how exactly is it killing the mites? Yeah. Um, Xdemvi is targeting the um, nervous system of the Demodex mite, paralyzing the nervous system. And that leads to its death. And so um, that is the mechanism. This particular lotolaner is the uh, medication and that has applications and has been used in veterinary medicine for um, a similar, you know, situation here. So uh, that's the mechanism is it's targeting the um, nervous system of the Demodex mite and therefore leading to its death. And I know you talked about how it's, um, it's a short week, kind of six week course and how I found like with patients that that's been really receptive because it doesn't seem so daunting. It's twice a day. We're going to hit it for six weeks, follow up afterwards, and then decide if we need to do another course or, you know, decide on maintenance at that point. But I think that six weeks version, at least for my patients, has been very appealing because it doesn't seem as daunting of a, of a task. It's, to it's totally true. I mean, I was sort of, I, at first I was like, the downside is this is six weeks. And then I was like, why am I even saying that? That's not a downside at all. That's actually positive. Like all my other things, I'm having them use Sequa or Zydra or, you know, Restasis is like forever, you know? So, um, yeah, people are definitely really receptive to the six-week dosing. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, good questions about XDMV. Another another new player on, on the market, on the scene, Mybo. Have you had any experience with that? How has it been going? Um, Mybo has been pretty good. Let me tell you, uh, one of the pros here in Mybo right off the bat is they're also using BlinkRx, Jesslyn. <laughs> I love that. And if I don't have to think about a different specialty pharmacy, this is a win in my book here. But yeah, Mybo, Mybo has been has been good. I have had honestly less experience with Mybo than I have with um, prescribing Xdemvi uh, for no real reason. That's just sort of how my flow has been. But um, what about you? You can you tell us about some of your experiences with it? Yeah, Mybo's been a really great fit. The BlinkRx Pharmacy is awesome. I had a patient that they left the exam room. I sent in the script. And by the time they got to our front desk, they had already gotten a text message from BlinkRx, like asking for their shipping address to, to complete their, their pharmacy order. So that part I, I really love. Uh, my bow's been great. So I love that it only has one ingredient in it. It has, it's, you know, no water, doesn't have a pH, doesn't have any preservatives. It's geared a lot um, to keep evaporation from happening. So as we all know with dry eye, obviously there's a lot of different mechanisms with that, but by far the majority of my patients that have dry eye have an evaporative state. So being able to have a tool in the toolbox that kind of checks that part of it has been, been really huge. It is a micro dose, so it's only um, the drop size is a lot smaller, 11 microliters versus like a normal drop size is, is 50, but that's been really well received for my patients. They, they love it. They don't feel like as much of it's rolling off the eye, so that's kind of been a really cool tool, but also a pearl on telling your patients in, like some of my patients haven't felt it because it is smaller, so usually now I'll lead with that and just kind of give them the heads up that it's a smaller drop. You might not feel it. And when it hits the eye, it feels a little bit different. Have you tried it on your eye? I have. I ordered it 
my associate ordered it for myself. And so I have tried it and it feels like lovely. Honestly, it feels like a oily, but not blurring uh, blink. Like the blink is really slick, you know, like my lids are just like kind of sliding over the, over the cornea. So I have really liked it, but, um, on your same, on your topic of this smaller drop, the bottle size is small. So that, that can be a confusing thing for prescribers who are like, wait, this is a, what is the bottle size? Three mils or something? Three ML maybe? I think it's a smaller size. Three ML, but we're asking a patient to use it. Those dosing is four times a day. How many bottle, this, this drop size is not, the drop size that we all know is not adding up math wise. So, but that, that explains it. We have this like, you know, very small dropper that's a drop that's coming out of the bottle. That's true. That's a really good point to to bring up. But I think a bottle size is meant to kind of, you know, once you once you do kind of the new math and we think about it differently, lasts at least a month. You know, we're using it four times a day. So even just reassurance and training our staff to kind of field some of those questions, um, that can be that can be a really helpful tool. You know, and from a personal experience with the Blink RX Pharmacy, I've had I had really great success with that. Also, I got a text message, and and for those who haven't use this on their patients, what happens is you get a text message, your patient, excuse me, gets a text message that says, Dr. Um, Garlic has called in your prescription. In my case, they said, can you just send in your insurance cards? And you can take a photograph of the front and back of your card and just text it back to them, or you can go on their portal and upload it. And then not too long after it was like, you're, uh, we've, they sent, they send a, they initiate a prior authorization to your doctor's office, but there is a bridge program. So the, the, the first month is free with this bridge program. So your patient can get started using MyBo without paying any costs at all. And BlinkRx will tell you that if you call them, I called them and they explained the whole thing. I already knew what the deal was, but they explained it. And um, they said, yeah, we just need your shipping address. So we'll ship it to you. And then it came in the mail not too long after. So it's kind of nice to have a month to get a patient going while you're completing the prior authorization, which is inevitable with all of these newer medications. So pretty, pretty smooth with that particular pharmacy and a smooth drop actually as well. We didn't tee that up. Good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was smooth. Have you used it? It does feel very slippery and just like lovely. It's nice. It, it is. It does have a good a, a good velvety feel. I love that it doesn't burn, you know, because it doesn't have that pH. And so that is like a big differentiator from pretty much even like an artificial tear on the market. Sometimes those can burn. So my patients have really, you know, loved it. Obviously it's, it's still really early on the process. So clinically we'll see how it fits, but I see this um, for some of my purely evaporative patients being a really great tool. I also see this being used adjunctly for my patients who are getting a lot of in-office treatments, like my patients that are getting an IPL and, you know, doing lipoflow and, and whatnot. This is a great fit for that to kind of keep them covered throughout the day um, under those kind of evaporative states. Um, for my patients who are already on things like Restasis and Zydra and Sequa, using this first followed up by my bowl to kind of create that seal and lock it in is great. Anybody who's like on an artificial tear, like why wouldn't you want to use a drop that lasts six hours on the eye instead of evaporating off within 20 minutes? So I think it has some really cool tools for a lot of our patients and it's nice just to be able to have more options. 
Yeah, it really is. I mean, one of the questions that that you received was, is this going to replace tier care and IPL? And in my opinion, absolutely not. I mean, these in-office treatments, I mean, IPL is really for calming lid inflammation, tear care, any sort of thermal expression is to really remove obstruction. And so we know that, you know, these glands can regress. And, you know, this is why we do maintenance for both, you know, tear care or any thermal expression and IPL. And so what can we be using on these in-between times? And in, in MIBO might be a great option for that. I've also really considered it as maybe this is a first line for a patient that has a ton of gland atrophy. Like we don't have a lot of good functioning glands left. Let's try to really give them some other support that's targeting mybomian gland um, dysfunction. I don't know how you have really, I mean, you've discussed it a little bit on how you're using it with your patients, but that that's somebody who really sticks out to me is like, I got like little stubby glands left on this particular patient. Like mybo might be a good fit for them. Definitely. And, and really with that, for those kind of patients, we don't have a lot of options. So being able to just kind of get them some coverage is, is definitely ideal, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that this is going to replace anything that's in office. We all know that dry eye is very multifactorial. So if nothing else, it's going to be, you know, complement those in all the best way and make some of those results feel even more effective for patients and keep them, you know, kind of symptom free in between those kind of maintenance visits. So I think it's an exciting tool. I'm, I'm excited to have it for patients. I got a question for you on this QID dosing. So we're used to the Zydra, the, the Sequa, the Extembi being a BID dosing, and now it's QID. And so what are you doing for your contact lens wearers? Are you saying up to four times a day and then not having them do it during the day and do BID? Or I'm, I'm assuming you're not having them place it on top of a contact lens. How are you handling that? Great question. And because it is so new, it's entirely possible my stance on this might change, you know, <laughs> over the how the next couple months go. But it is a little different consistency. And when you put it in the eye, it is different than something like an artificial tear. So for my soft contact lens patients, or really kind of even like my scleral patients, I'm not having them do it with their contacts in. Um, but I think that does bring a question, and this would obviously be kind of like an off-label use for some of those patients that are like our scleral lens patients that aren't, you know, that have to take it off halfway through the day because of just the, we don't have a good tear film over it. Would MIBO potentially in those cases kind of help it give you some coverage so that they could wear like their scleral lens a little mm -hmm. bit longer? Maybe time will tell. So that's kind of like an off-label question that I'm thinking about potentially. But right now, especially with my soft contact lens patients, we're not necessarily maybe getting in the full QID dosing. Um, but, you know, for a lot of my patients that have really, really severe dry eye, they're not in soft contact lenses. Most of them are in, you know, kind of like a, a scleral lens setup. So so we'll see. We know that one drop lasts for MIBO about six hours. So if I look at this in a perfect world, QID would be ideal. Maybe on weekends they're doing it QID, but 12 hours of coverage versus 24 hours is still better than, you know, 20 minutes. So what, what about you? What are you doing with your contact? Yeah, lenses? I'm just telling patients, um, you know, up to four times a day. I say, I don't want you putting this on top of a contact lens. So if you get in at least twice, I'll be happy with that. Uh, one thing I don't know is how that's going to impact the duration of time before we see results like improvement. And so I, I don't, 
what can you talk about like wow soon in the clinical studies they saw some results of improvement and what what should we expect at that qid dosing and then we'll have to i think time will tell if we've just got a bid dosing going on a patient how long that might take yeah if we look at the clinical trials for mybo the primary endpoint was taken at day 57. So day 57, QID dosing is kind of like what I have in my head. Um, so it's you know definitely going to take time. I mean, to really kind of oversimplify it, the idea behind it is that you're kind of creating this seal on the front surface so that it's not evaporating and it can kind of heal itself beneath that seal. And so, you know, how long that's going to take is obviously going to be very per patient, per severity of their disease state. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of using like, you know, 50, 60, 57, 60 days is, is when I'm telling patients that, you know, that's after that time, we'll kind of evaluate if this is working. If it's not working, do we need to do something else? Um, that's kind of like the timestamp that I'm, I'm using for. Yeah. I, I say the same thing to patients, like clinical trial results show improvement in two months, but to be honest, I say, you know, clinical trial is not always reality. So I don't want you to get discouraged if we're not having those improvements, especially if we're not keeping up with the QID dosing, you know, so I mostly try to lay it out to a patient. So they don't, they're not like this didn't do anything. And then they kind of drop it like just with everything we need, you know, time. So. Yeah. And the secondary endpoint, you know, that being said in the trials occurred at day 15, right. Which is like at the two week mark. So you know, in that two to four week kind of two month category, that hopefully will just give us at least a little time for a patient um, to see if we, you know, to have maybe a little bit of improvement, but we'll see kind of the full extent as it unfolds. Yeah. Um, all right, Jocelyn, I think we like got it, right? All of the points that all the questions that were asked, I, I hope we covered it. I've been really enjoyed this discussion, like how people are using this clinically. I like talking to you about this. So Hopefully this is helpful for our listeners. We could do another question round if that if people end up liking that. But any final thoughts or you feel like we we got it? Talking about new innovation is always really, really fun. But I, and I like that we got questions from the audience. So stay tuned. We'll have to pull, you know, put another poll up and and get some questions and maybe tackle those in a future episode. Sure.